Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like the psalmist David who said that you have prepared a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. I feel that way today. I feel a deep gratitude. There's something inside of me that is unexplainable. Anybody feel that? Anybody sense that? Hallelujah. Is is there that appreciation for what God has done and is doing in our lives, in our church? When I think about the journey that we have been on for the last few years, uh, it has been a long, long journey. We're not through yet, but there were a few times when uh, a good word of encouragement went a long way. And here we are today, thanking the Lord for His blessings and positive that He's going to do greater things. I believe that. Amen. But my cup overflows. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us. Amen. Anybody say that with me? Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles for a few moments today, I want to take you to the book of Psalms. You know, there are some things you get up to preach and you feel halfway adequate in trying to preach what you feel in your spirit, what you think the Lord has spoken to you, and then there's times that you realize that it doesn't matter how eloquent you are, you cannot outdo what His Word already says. Psalms chapter 130, Psalms the 130th, Psalm verse number 1, They're going to put the King James Version on the screen. I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. I'll tell you when I move to the next verse so you can stay up with me. But it reads like this. Lord, I cry out to you out of the depths of my despair. Hear my voice, O God. Answer this prayer And hear my plea for mercy. Verse number three. Lord, if you measured us and marked us with our sins, who would ever have their prayers answered? If you measured us and marked us with our sins, who would ever have their prayers answered? Verse four. But your forgiving love is what makes you so wonderful. No wonder you are loved and worshipped. Verse 5, this is why I wait upon you. This is why I wait upon you. Expecting your breakthrough. The reason I have expectation today goes back to what he just said in verse number 4. For your word brings me hope. Verse number six, I long for you more than any watchman would long for the morning light. I will watch and wait for you, O God, 
Throughout the night, verse 7, O Israel, keep hoping. Why? Keep hoping. Keep trusting. Keep waiting on the Lord. For He is tender-hearted, kind, and forgiving. He has a thousand ways to set you free. Oh, hallelujah. He has a thousand ways to set you free. He himself will redeem you. He will ransom you from the cruel slavery of your sins. One verse transitions the entire psalm. Actually, one word. One word changes the whole tone and tenor of the psalmist's thoughts and turns him in a whole new direction. And it's found in verse number 4. And I read it now from the King James Version. But there is forgiveness with thee. Amen. There is forgiveness with thee. I want to talk to you about the sweet whispers of hope. Amen. And they are in this building right now. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for the word. I pray you will help me today for just a few moments to deliver that word to the heart of somebody in this building that needs your miraculous touch. I pray, God, you will lift every heart, every mind, every soul. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I was thinking earlier this morning when I walked through this sanctuary and came into the building that the only reason that we're going to gather here today is because of what we read here in our text of Scripture. The reason that we have worshipped and the intensity of the worship. You know, it's hard for some people that are not living for God or connected to the Lord. It's hard for them to come into a sanctuary like this and and watch and observe the worship and the intensity of the worship that has gone up in this building today. And yet if you knew where he brought me from, if you knew what all he had brought me out of, if you knew what all he had helped me get through, you would understand why there is such an intensity in my worship and a passion to what I am doing. The very reason we sing today. The reason that we clap our hands, everything that we do finds its root in the subject of our psalm. One of the most moving psalms that you will read. It's one of the songs of degree. They say they were sang on the way to Jerusalem as the pilgrims made their way up to Jerusalem for special seasons of worship. They would sing these psalms to one another and this was one of them. It was called a penitential psalm. It was one of brokenness and one of repentance and one of acknowledgement of failure and flaws. But 
it begins with a remarkable statement when he said, out of the depths. When I thought about that phrase, I, I was wondering, was he talking about a present circumstance or was there something about his movement to the house of God that reminded him of where he had come from? It reminded him of his past, of what God had done for him, and he realized how far away from God he was and how deep in despair he was. And it was out of that depth that he cried. I, I'm thankful to know that there is no depth of my life that can remove me from the possibility of lifting my voice and crying out to him and he hearing me and doing something in my behalf. The Bible said that they placed Paul and Silas in the inner prison. I don't know about you, but I have the idea that wasn't, that wasn't a conducive place to be. It was so far back in the darkness that uh, there was no hope of light ever reaching that. But the Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. Every time I read that, I cannot help but stop and consider that it doesn't matter how far life has pushed me back it doesn't matter what darkness surrounds me. It doesn't matter how bleak it may look. It doesn't matter how impossible my life may be. If I can just lift up my voice and begin to call on the name of the Lord, something is going to happen in my life. Amen. Here is a man who was acutely aware of his own shortcomings and his own limitations, one who wrestled with his own failures and his humanity. He was like Jonah. He had reached the bottom. As a matter of fact, one translation of this portion of Scripture said, I cried out because the bottom had fallen out. That's, that's when a lot of people realize they need something, but the billows of despair had swept over this man's soul and he was overwhelmed. And in his despair, in his despair, he started contemplating his situation and where he was and, and, and what was there. And the reason for the sorrow is unknown and the reason the bottom had fallen out were unknown, but what they had done was make him consciously aware of his own failings, his shortcomings, that they had swallowed him up. There were, there, there were so many of them and they were so ugly and they were so embarrassing. And when he begins to consider this fact, he is overwhelmed when he thinks, is there anybody, is there any hope, is there any possibility, if you should mark iniquity, nobody could stand before you. If you would mark iniquity, nobody would stand before you. But God, but God, amen. All of a sudden there's a shift in the conversation, there's a shift in the atmosphere there's a shift in the thought processes. There's a movement from despair to hope. If God had dealt with him in that situation, how much more would God help him 
in his present situation. And if God were to deal with me according to my sin, nobody would be able to stand. And yet here I am, I'm still standing. So there must be a remedy. There must be an answer. There must be something that I can look to. And there comes that sweet sigh of relief. But there is forgiveness with thee. There is forgiveness with thee. How significant that one word, but is. How it changes the whole tone and texture of the psalm. It changes the attitude. When justice was clamoring, let the man die. And when his own conscience was shrieking, let him perish. And when the fiends of hell were crying out, come on, we've got room for one more. And when nature itself had turned its back on him and there was nowhere else to turn, he turned to God and he found that there was a door of hope. There was a doorway out of his misery. A man is about to be destroyed and swallowed up by his despair until he runs in to the mercies of God. He runs in to the hope that God has placed before him. And when suddenly there comes that sweet whisper of hope, but with God, but there is forgiveness with God and everything changes in his life. One word, one word. Everybody say one word. One word stops the reckless course of ruin in his life. It puts a strong hand on the wavering soul. It bears the golden shield that protects the sinner from his destruction and it fends off the arrows of his enemy. But there is forgiveness with God. That one statement is only one of thousands of echoes of mercy and hope that are found in the word of God that continually rise. I was reading this morning about Niagara Falls and how many volumes of, how much volume of water goes over that fall on a continual daily basis. 150,000 gallons, 150,000 gallons per second, I believe is what I read. And, and I remember standing there and when you stand at the brink of that waterfall, you can, the force of that water going over the edge literally causes you to almost bend over, to, to be pulled in with the, the dynamics of that atmosphere. And yet I read that at one time they were able to shut off part of the falls and they did it for the purpose of trying to uh, take care of some issues and retrieve some artifacts. But when I thought about the mercy of God, I thought, you know what? There's never been a dam built anywhere that could ever stop the mercies of God from flowing down into my life. It doesn't matter how hard you try. God has a thousand ways that he can get to where you are. It doesn't matter how far down you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. God has a thousand ways that he can get to you. Amen. And that flow keeps going. It's in this service today. There's a sweet music in this atmosphere today. It's a music of mercy. Amen. It's a music of grace and it changes everything. Somebody say it changes everything. Everything. It changes everything. There's a pause with that word. You can't read that verse and just hurry through it. But 
You, you have to stop. It's, it's like I was heading down one path and all of a sudden the brakes come on and I'm brought to a screeching halt and the Lord said, oh, no, 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 no. Let's turn around. I'm going to give you an opportunity to turn around. And that's what God sent me to preach to somebody here this morning, that God wants to give somebody an opportunity to turn around. You may have been heading down a path that was leading to... Maybe the direction your life was taking you was away from Him and down into a deeper pit of despair. But there was this divine moment when God steps in and said, Wait a minute. I've got something to say about this. I've got something that I want to do. Amen. It's like the clear shining after the rain. There is no music like the music of mercy. Amen. There is so no song as sweet as the song of grace that intervenes. One word, it stops everything. No sweeter thought, no sweeter word. The way back, the way forward, the way around, the way over, it's in this place today. God said, I've got a thousand ways available. You haven't even begun to exhaust the extent of my mercy. You have not even begun to exhaust the extent of my love for you. I'm here to tell you that even on this Sunday morning, as weak as you may feel and as, as insignificant as you may feel, that the voice of God whispers to you in your pew right now and said, oh, hold on, wait a moment. Amen. There's forgiveness with me. That's the whole turnaround. You see, you may have not known this before, but there is a way. There is a way out. Amen. Somebody say there is a way out. As long as life lasts, there will be forgiveness with him. And the reason I know that is because of how it's stated in Scripture. If you go back to verse number 4, he said, But there is forgiveness with thee. <clears throat> there is, is in italics in your Bible. That means it was not in the original text. There's no verb there. It just simply says, forgiveness with thee. Which tells me that there was forgiveness there is forgiveness. There will be forgiveness. It doesn't matter what stage of life. I may be living in the past, but I've got news for you. There's forgiveness back there. You may be trying to live ahead of time and you're already in the future saying, I don't know how. I'm here to tell you that there's mercy already out there. It's already waiting on you. It's trying to get your attention today and tell you, that no matter where you are, past, present, or future, there is forgiveness with him. Amen. There is forgiveness with him. Amen. Amen. It will last. It will last. It will last. As long as life lasts, there will be forgiveness today, tomorrow, last week, next month, next year, this moment, the next moment where you are right now, what you're going through right now, where you're sitting 
at this service, in this service, during this service, at the end of this service, somewhere in this service, there's place where you can find that redemptive hand of God reaching into your life and pulling you back from the pit of despair. Say it with me. There is mercy. There is forgiveness with thee. I wish that I had the words. I feel so inadequate right now to convey what I sense in the spirit to tell somebody here this morning that it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your failure. It doesn't matter how embarrassed you are. It doesn't matter your flaws. It doesn't matter how far you are down. It doesn't matter how dark it may be around you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters? What matters is that there is forgiveness with thee. What matters is that there is healing with him. What matters is there is a way out with him. What matters is there is a door that is open to me this morning that is inviting me to come through it and experience that miraculous saving power of his grace. Amen. Somebody needs to look around. There's an open door before you right now because God knew what you were dealing with when you came. I've never read that God delighted in his power. I've never read that God delighted in his justice. But I have read that God delighteth in his mercy. Amen. God delighteth in his mercy. There is nothing contrary to what some people may believe or think. There's nothing that God wants to do more in your life than have mercy on you. There's nothing that God wants to do more than to bless you. There's nothing that God wants to do more than to restore you. There's nothing that God wants to do more than to put your feet back on the right path and turn you in the right direction. There's nothing that God wants to do more than that. And he's come this morning to help steer you, turn you around, and put you back in the right direction. Come on, clap your hands and stand to your feet right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ah, yes, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The divine response to my failure, the divine response to my failure but there is forgiveness with thee. God's response to my mistakes, but there is forgiveness with me. God's response to my humanity, but there is forgiveness. Man, I'm preaching to somebody here this morning that life has beaten you down your own mistakes have tried to define you hallelujah they've marked you and they've pushed you you didn't intend to go that direction but you know you can make decisions in life that just kind of push you and steer you 
in a certain direction. And, and then once you get moving in that direction, you can't seem to stop the momentum. But God can. Amen. But God can. Remember preaching a revival in Brownsville, Texas years ago. Didn't know it. But there was a couple that had been invited to service that night. Never been in a Pentecostal church in their life. But a friend had invited them to come and they came. Nobody knew this, but the two of them is that they were headed to divorce court the next morning. It was over. It was through. And out of courtesy and kindness, they came. I remember them coming in, sat on the back left, I believe it was, of the church. Service progressed. Really wasn't anything outstanding per se. But at the end of that service, I watched that man and woman come to the front, the altar area. We began to pray with them and God gloriously filled both of them with the Holy Ghost. Amen. I don't know what happened. I, I don't know what had put them on that road. I just know that you can start talking about things in your life and you talk about it long enough that you start going that direction. And maybe, maybe they had personality clashes. I don't know. Maybe there were other issues, but something had steered their life and they were headed down this road. It looked inevitable. It, it was done. It was as far as they were concerned. The lawyers had already signed off. They were just going to officially appear before the judge and it was all going to be done. But but I can't God fill them with the Holy Ghost. I don't know that's been 1984. How long ago is that? How many? To my knowledge, they're still married. And they're still living for God. All because of one moment. One word. One word. It shifted the whole momentum of their life. It turned them. And that's what the Holy Ghost is trying to say to somebody. That there's power in this building today that can turn the momentum of your life and turn you in the path that you should Hallelujah. Would you just lift your voice? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, we need you right now. You're speaking to somebody in this building today, God, that needs a turnaround in their life. They need a turning. They need a shift, Lord. They, they need something right now. They need a divine moment with you. They need a moment with you, Lord, where they come face to face with the one thing that can transform their life and change them forever. And that is the forgiveness that only you 
Lord, in this building right now, there are people that are hungry. There are people that are needing you right now. If you need a turnaround, if you're tired of the direction that your life has been going, why don't you slip out right now and meet me here at the altar? Come on. Come on, church family. Right now, would you help me, oh Lord, today? I pray that your mercies, I pray that your grace would be extended. Why don't you turn to somebody that's near you, if that's your family or your friend, and just ask them if you can pray with them right now. The Holy Ghost is in this building. There's a shift about to come. There's a shift about to happen. There's a move that's about to take place. Oh, yeah, but Lord, if you were to mark iniquity, who could stand? Who could stand? Nobody could withstand that, but with God. But with God. But there is forgiveness. But there is forgiveness. There is a way out. There is a way over. There is a way through. Come on, church. Would you pray with me right now? Holy Ghost, come and help us today. 